Welcome to the Healthful Woman Podcast. Today is Monday, August 24th, 2020. Welcome to Yoga Week. I'm super excited about this week. I've had it circled on my calendar for a while, and I've been preparing for it all summer. For those of you who know me or listen to the podcast, or both, you know that yoga is big in my family. My wife, Michal, started practicing many years ago, initially because she had back pain, but then it became her primary exercise, doing it six days a week. Our oldest daughter, Kira, started practicing yoga when she entered high school, and she trained to be a yoga instructor at age 15, and now she's teaching it in college. I got into yoga a few years ago, and I've been practicing it regularly about one to two times a week, although a little less during the pandemic. My mother also practices yoga regularly. The interesting thing is that Michal, Kira, my mom, and I are all very different. We come at yoga from different angles, and we all practice it differently. So I was thinking how interesting it would be to present yoga from a different perspective each day this week, which is how we came up with Yoga Week. What I hope you take away from these podcasts is that yoga is a very broad practice. It can be relaxing or it can make your heart race. It can be meditative or it can be physical. For some, it's even spiritual. But I believe that most, if not all people, can find an aspect of yoga that speaks to them. If you tried it and didn't like it, maybe give it another try with a different type. It's great for physical and mental health. It can be done at all ages, regardless of your overall health or physical fitness. I really believe this is part of the philosophy of this podcast, the Healthful Woman Podcast. It's about overall health, and yoga can be a major part of that for really anybody. In our first podcast today about yoga, I'm joined by Trella Allen to talk about yoga, healing for the body and mind. Trella is one of Kira's yoga teachers, and she's become a regular in our family. She is warm and positive and a fantastic teacher. Trella is also a physical therapist, and we discuss how she uses yoga as a part of her physical therapy. I hope you enjoy the podcast, as well as all the other yoga podcasts this week. Thanks for listening. Have a great day. Hope you can also tune in tomorrow. Welcome to today's episode of Healthful Woman, a podcast designed to explore topics in women's health at all stages of life. I'm your host, Dr. Nathan Fox, an OBGYN and maternal fetal medicine specialist practicing in New York City. At Healthful Woman, I speak with leaders in the field to help you learn more about women's health, pregnancy, and wellness. All right, we're here with Trella Allen, who is now Dr. Trella Allen, who has a uh, doctorate in physical therapy. Trella is a yoga instructor, a yoga practitioner, and basically a member of my family right now. Trella, welcome to <laughs> Healthful Woman. Thank you so much for having me. Trella is one of the wonderful yoga instructors in our life, in our family, and you and my daughter, Kira, are frequently found in our home practicing yoga together all over the place, the living room, the you know, the basement, the den, wherever, wherever there's space, and it's, it's awesome. It's awesome for me too. Kara has really blossomed on so many levels and it's been such a pleasure. I'm trying to get several yoga practitioners and instructors onto the podcast to talk about various aspects of yoga and the facets of it. I enjoy very much and I'm interested in and I, I believe it has a, a place for many women for many years in terms of a place in healthful living and how to stay healthy both physically and mentally. And so I'm trying to get different perspectives. So First, Trell, if you could just let our listeners know, like, who are you? You know, what's your story? Where are you from? How'd you get into yoga in the first place? Just so we get a sense of who you are. I've been a yoga practitioner for um, a little over 12 years now, and I've taught yoga for a little over 10 years. 
And yoga completely transformed my life mentally first and then, and physically. I'd actually say the physical and mental happened simultaneously. Um, so much so that I decided to go into teaching yoga. Then from there, I just, I continued to want to know more and I, I have a, thir- a, a huge thirst for knowledge and I wanted to go beyond just what a normal yoga certification offered. I wanted to actually understand physiologically what yoga did. So I ended up going to Columbia University for my master's in applied physiology. And while there, I wrote a lot of I did a lot of research on, well, like personal research through reviews and and already currently published literature on yoga and how that affects the body physiologically. And then that brought me to my bigger goal of becoming a physical therapist where I will combine or am combining both the physical and mental practice of yoga with the healing modality of physical therapy. So that's kind of my journey over the last 12 years. And I feel so privileged that I've been able to follow it as well. And I really look forward to combining the physical movement of yoga with the physical modality of healing from physical therapy, but then also the the mental component that both actually have and putting that together in one package. Wow. How how did you even come to yoga in the first place? Did you just sort of like stumble upon a class or did someone recommend it to you? That's a really good question. So I was always very athletic. And however, I had a a hard time in my mid twenties where I just wasn't doing a lot of movement at all. And I, so this is actually a very superficial way of coming to it, but I I had gained 20 pounds (laughs) (laughs) and um, I was going to the gym Odyssey gym in New Jersey, in Waldorf, New Jersey. And I was, I was on the treadmill on the step mill for like three hours at a a shot and nothing was happening. And so I just decided to take a yoga class and I've never taken it before. And it was so hard. (laughs) (laughs) I couldn't do anything, but I fell in love. And the the first Shavasana, I felt a freedom that I I hadn't felt in a while. I was going through a hard time just emotionally in my own life and just trying to figure out who I was and what I wanted. And I wasn't happy with a lot of things going on. And that class just took away how all of those feelings for the first time. Um, So I started taking yoga and it was, this is really true. It was like this magical thing. So I mean, all the feelings came back, of course, but in that one moment of this, I had this blissful experience that I've never felt before. And so I started taking yoga once a week and then twice a week, both at my gym. And almost immediately, I started feeling changes in my body, seeing and feeling changes in my body and my mind that were 100% attributed to yoga. And because of that, I I started changing the way I was eating and I felt differently. I stopped doing some of the things that you do in your Mm twenties and that weren't, that aren't necessarily so great for you. Then I, I would say six months after my first yoga class, I started actually going to a yoga studio and became a lot more serious about it pretty quickly. My body just ate it up and it, it completely changed my attitude towards things and how I approached other people, how I approached my own self. Yeah. Where did you ultimately get your certification for yoga teaching? Okay. So I have over a thousand hours of yoga training. I firmly believe in good education and the pursuit of knowledge. 
So my first yoga teacher training was done with Rajiv Braun. He's in Ramsey, New Jersey, and he's a true yogi, an amazing teacher. So that was my 280 hours, my original. And then I have a 500 hour certification through an Iyengar teacher in New York City. Her name is Nikki Costello. And so that was very focused on body alignment and meditation and a lot of the yoga texts. So that rounded out the more the vinyasa style original training I had with that 500 hour training. And then um, my main teacher, her name is Monty Azrati. She um, was the actual founder of Yoga Works back in the day when it was just one studio in Los Angeles. And so I have traveled all around everywhere to practice and train with her. I have several trainings from her and she combined the Ashtanga practice, which is very vigorous practice with Iyengar practice. And she was very hard on me actually in the trainings because my body, I can do a lot with my body, but she disciplined me in a good way to hone everything in and focus on the alignment and the small details. And I'm, I'm so grateful for her because she saved my joints actually from going too deep into certain poses. So I will always be indebted to her. Um, she passed a couple of years ago and it was very difficult for me. I had a really difficult time when she passed because she you know how you, there's those people in your life that they are like that beacon of light that show you a really beautiful path for yourself, but also kind of push you in a good way, like not in a harsh way, but make you better because they're so strict with you. And she was one of those people. Right. I mean, they're real teachers and mentors and, you know, they're, they're important people uh, in yeah. your life, obviously. And you spend a lot of time together and it's a lot of advice gets, you know, passed on and, just how to live. And that's, yeah, that's an, it's a very important relationship. You mentioned, you know, that you, you know, studied in vinyasa and ashtanga and ingar and, you know, and, and meditation for what is your style of yoga, uh, both for your own practice, uh, as well as for your teaching? <laughs> that's a really great question. So I guess I, I combine um, everything together myself. So it's, I would say my practice is a vigorous vinyasa style. For people who don't know what vinyasa means, it's simply the movement of the body with breath combined. That's the simplest way to describe it. And then um, I like to do a lot of fun things because I feel like we should always remain childlike no matter how old we are. So I do, I get upside down and do lots of bouncing on the arms in addition to provide alignment to help the body um, support itself in the best way that it can. And that's different for everybody in terms of like how their joints are aligned and, and you know, where they have flexibility or, or not as much flexibility. So I'd like to, I, I guess I would describe my style as just alignment based vigorous vinyasa. And is it the same for teaching as for your own practice? Yes, I would say that's my teaching. And then my own practice is exactly the same. I would say my own practice is actually very simple and very targeted at what I need. I think that sometimes the best things are the simplest things that are super focused yet effective. Right. And it's so interesting that you, when you mentioned before how much of the, the mental aspect there was, because, you know, when, when I, you know, you're one of the people I get to see, you know, practice yoga a lot. And so w when I look at you and Kira and the, and the things you're doing, it's, it's like, crazy to me because you, you know you're all you know bouncing <laughs> upside down on like your pinky and you know it's 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 all like it seems very very challenging physically right it just seems very you know a lot of strength a lot of balance a lot of core i mean really really hard things that i would probably end up in an intensive care unit if i tried to do today <laughs> uh, but so we see that but how much of 
the yoga to you, if you had to sort of like, you know, put percentages on it, physical versus mental when you're doing uh, these practices? Interesting. Percentage wise. Oh, I don't know if I could quantify that. And the reason why is that the mental aspect comes differently for different people at different times. So um, Mr. Iyengar, who started Iyengar Yoga, he used to say that people need to do, you know, I'm going to, I will probably get the years wrong, but the sentiment is, is still there. It's like, he's, he always said that you need to do a certain amount of like movement, asana practice, moving the body before you can meditate. And then there's a certain amount of time where you need to meditate before you're ready to do like what's called a pranayama practice, which is, which is breath practice. And I don't totally agree with that. But I do think that um, what I've seen is that a lot of people, it takes them time to work through things in their body before they might be ready to experience like that pure bliss. But for me, it happened right away. So I don't know if I can quantify the mental part, but I will say that in the end, I think a lot of it's just simply mental. I don't want to say the word mental, but there's this, there's this component where the mind gets to have a moment of clarity or a lot of clarity when we face the challenges on our mat, like when Kara and I are doing getting upside down, like in a handstand, for example, there's a lot of focus and um, mental practice that has to go into performing that task. And if we face that challenge and the challenge of getting to a shape with our body, that can emotionally help us um, face the other challenges outside of that. You know, our, our brain is, it's, it's so busy. And it's only, what, 2% of our body weight, but it takes up like 20 to 25% of all the oxygen we consume, right? Just that just that 2% of our body weight. And so if we can, through um, our movements on a yoga mat, take time to just focus on doing those movements and not on the rest of our life, we've actually given our busy mind a little bit of a break. And then, you know, I, I talk about this, you know, um, I talk about this a lot with Kira, is that some days our body just doesn't, isn't able to move as well as it was another day. You know how one day you wake up and you're like, oh, I feel so great. And then the next day you're like, I feel like I got hit by a truck. What happened? And um, sometimes we just, we can't control some of those things. We don't know why metabolically or physiologically, why we feel a certain way, but what we can affect what we can control is how we how we face it. So for me, the practice of yoga helped has helped me face whatever the day brings or whatever life brings at me. I uh, ideally um, some days are better than others, but ideally e somewhat e equally without too much fluctuation in my emotion. Even though there is fluctuation, I can still face them somewhat equally, like I would a handstand. And if we don't put ourselves through that discipline um, and mindfulness movement of okay, I'm going to place my hands just like this and I'm going to firm my triceps in, in this way or I'm going to really sit and be still for the next five minutes. Without that time to um, work our body, I don't know if we can touch our mind and give it a break. Yeah, and I think it's it's different people maybe show up to yoga for different reasons, right? Some people, they're thinking it's, oh, it's physical. I really need to work on, you know, stretching and strength and, you know, based on what, you know, what style you're doing, you know, cardiovascular or whatever. And other people are, you know, I do this because it's very calming and relaxing and it's focusing. And, but I think that no matter which reason people start out, they end up overlapping. Like you said, you, you can come at it physically, but ultimately you need that focus and that, 
you know, that mindfulness in order to achieve physically, in order to sort of advance, you need to tap into that idea that's going on in your brain other than physical. And on the flip side, if you come and it's just, you know, it's rarely purely meditation, there's mindfulness and, you know, focus, but it's in regards to these physical activities that you're doing and you end up bringing in the other, no matter, no matter how you came to it. Yes. I, that's exactly it. And that's why I like, I didn't want to put a percentage per se on like how much of this is happening in the mind. Cause it, it, it I think in the end it's the same result or a similar result for everyone. Right. It was a but trick question. We, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was a great question yeah. actually. <laughs> do, 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 do you, do you even do any other exercise regularly? I mean, I mean, yoga is more than just exercise, but you do anything like do you run or swim or bike or do anything other? I do. So my yoga practice consists, I, I meditate every day. And that is a huge part of my yoga practice. Um, but that didn't come for a while. I have a physical movement asana practice on my mat. And then I also, because I am super, I'm, I'm the other end of the spectrum of you where I'm super hypermobile and my joints are loose. I actually lift weights as well to support my joints. I found that it's a really, based on the all the schooling I've had, I learned pretty quickly that it's important for women to lift weights and not have to be heavy. It's really helpful to support our bones and our ligaments and tendons in our joints, even if we are not super flexible like I am. So right. um, I lift weights for all the research that I've learned. <laughs> weight, weight bearing exercise. It's good stuff. So that in combination with yoga, I think is honestly magical for all women. And I, I feel very confident in saying that for, I, I don't think there are a lot. There are people we would find that wouldn't do well with that combo, but in some kind of intensity combination, I think it's pretty great. And I also just, I love to be active. So during this quarantine time, I actually, I've been running a lot. I used to not be a runner, but running is in my family genes. So I, I run like nine miles a couple times a week just for fun right? because it feels good, but not, that's not my main thing. Right. <laughs> and, and in terms of your, your recommendations, you can now say, and I'm a doctor. So, you know, it's all good. You got that now. So people, <laughs> people true. have to listen to you. If you were, <laughs> if, if someone, let's say one of our listeners has never tried yoga before and you had to sell it to them, right? You're, you're in charge of selling yoga to them, but what would be your pitch? You know, what, what would be the thing that you, that you believe sh would draw people into yoga or why they should try it? I think I would want to know a little bit more about the person first, just because we're all so different. I think every single person has value and our experiences all lead us to where we are. But I think in general, for any, I would tailor it in a general, like in a generalizable way to help somebody say, hey, do you want to see uh, something to the extent of, I believe that your body can do more than you ever imagined. And we achieve that with little steps, day by day, class by class. And I'd love to be able to help you or, or show you the process. It doesn't have to be in my class of where you can see your body attain things that it never thought possible. And at the same time, find a calmer mind. Those are two things that I have really found for myself. And I think that especially with men or people who are very tentative about yoga, 
a lot of times people just like to know that it, they don't have to be good at it. And if they're inflexible, it means they need it. It doesn't mean they shouldn't go to class. <laughs> and just that it's a place of non-judgment and that whatever you can do is, is, is totally fine. And I think a lot of people get nervous about starting something like a yoga practice or even going to a class because they feel very intimidated and it seems so hard and they don't think they could do any of it. And that's the exact reason why you should try it. Because um, that's what happened to me, and it totally changed my life. Right. Is it? Is there anyone you think who really just wouldn't benefit from it or wouldn't enjoy it? Is there like you know a certain whatever circumstance where you'd say, ah, oh, yeah, don't even bother. <laughs> <laughs> I think with the teacher, with the right kind of teacher, I think anybody can do it. Even people who are wheelchair bound or just have any kind of disability or disease, there's all different people can benefit from yoga. I do think that individuals who are super flexible oftentimes are very attracted to yoga and they would benefit from a teacher who's going to make sure that they don't push too hard in certain ways, but it's, I, I, I think it's good for everybody. I really do. That's great. And so let's say practically someone is coming to and needs advice about sort of how to start, how to get into it. And I'm going to ask you about, you know, three different types of people. The first is someone who's never, ever tried yoga. They know nothing about it, like total, total beginner. The next person is someone who maybe tried it a few times, went to a couple classes and didn't really get into it. And the third is someone who's sort of already doing it regularly, how to go to the next level. So so first, for the person who's never tried it, knows nothing about it, what would you recommend practically for first steps? It would be a private lesson, a class, looking at something online, a book, how would they start? So what I found works best for people who are brand new beginners and they want to try because they've heard it's going to be great, it'll help with their flexibility or their strength, whatever they're looking for. I think that there are some studios or some locations like in the city in New Jersey that they actually have like a beginner's kind of workshop where you go for like four or five sessions. It's like you and a few other people and you learn some of the basic poses and moves. And that immediately takes away some of that fear from people about going into a bigger class. I've had a lot of feedback that that is very helpful for beginners. And if they can afford it, a private lesson is even better because you can learn all the basics, the names and, and how your body moves and ways you can have adjustments or adjust your own body to, to work with when you're with a group of bigger people and there's just random instructions being thrown at you. When I was in the in the clinic, this physical therapy clinic, right prior to COVID-19 pandemic, I had a couple people who wanted to go to yoga class for their low back pain because the research actually shows that yoga and physical therapy have very similar outcome measures for low back pain. It depends on where, what kind of low back pain it is, but generalizable low back pain. And so um, what I was able to do was help them find those beginner classes where they went for, I think it might've been this time, it's like three or five, two different people, three and five sessions. And they were, I was able to like tell the instructor, these are things they need to be careful of. And then the instructor walked them through ways to work in, and get them into a bigger class. And they were so grateful and felt wonderful. And are, um, you know, <laughs> at the time we're going to still continue doing yoga because it made them feel so great. And it was a great addition to their physical therapy rehab. Right. Right. I mean, I remember so that would be yeah. great for a beginner. Yeah. I remember when I started the, I was also that, that same feeling of, you know, intimidation going into class because you don't know what to expect. And what I did in advance is I, 
you know, looked at a few things online. And then, you know, my wife, Michal, showed me like some of the poses that, and, you know, what is this called? What is that called? You know, how are they typically going to flow? And so when you go in the class, you're not surprised for when they say, you know, upper dog, or they say, you know, whatever, chaturanga, you sort of know what's, what's coming and what to expect. And that's really all you need to know to walk into a class because you can be terrible at all of it and nobody cares, right? As <laughs> long, you so know, cause true. you know, and, and so, and, and you realize that, you know, when you go into a class, there's always someone who's awesome and someone who's, you know, in the middle and someone who's terrible and someone who can barely touch their knees, let alone their toes and someone who can do, you know, a handstand on one hand. And it doesn't really make a difference because everyone's really focusing on themselves but you don't want to be sort of lost, like you have no idea what to do. You don't even know, you know, where this is headed. So getting some idea on the front end is, is usually helpful. But once you get that, you just, you know, walk into a class and you're good to go. I agree. I mean, I honestly, I just walked into a class right. and I couldn't do anything. And I didn't notice anything that was going on because I was so lost. And it was fine. Look at me now. Right. <laughs> right. I was actually very in my personality type is that I get very inspired by someone who can do things that I can't. And so like, I would see these people on their head and I was like, Oh, that's the coolest thing ever. <laughs> and mind you, it, it took me, it took me six months to be able to do a headstand. So I, I, I remember so vividly being that beginner. What about the person who, you know, says, yeah, I tried it, went to a couple classes, eh, you know, I don't know. Should I, you know, what would they, what would you <laughs> say to them? I get that a lot, actually. First of all, I think it's important to note that um, yoga may not be for everyone. I think it's good for everyone. I think there's benefit for everyone, especially when done well. But it may not be the mode of, of somebody to get their high. You know, I know some people really love to run and the, a yoga practice that would benefit them might be just some like basic stretches for their hip mobility, let's say. But I, I honestly, what I say to those people is like, maybe, you, maybe if you want to do this kind of thing. You just need to find the teacher that you that you jive with the best. The teacher makes a big difference, and there's an in, the teacher has a big impact on the life on that person's life, especially if they become that person's teacher. And I, I think they just need to try out different people and different styles too. If it's something that they're interested in and want to know more about, they just have to give it a try. It's like food, right? You know, like there's pizza, but then there's pizza. So. <laughs> You have to find the right pizza if you like pizza. Right. So I think it's just a matter of trying out other things. And I've had that experience a lot where people are like, I really didn't like yoga until I took your class. Or I just tried different things and I tried different classes and it's not really my thing. And so I'm always like, okay, maybe it isn't something for you. Or when you're ready, it'll be the time. But I think it's just a matter of trying. Right. And what about for the person who sort of does it? regularly but is looking to go to the next level so to speak depending on where they are doing yoga are they doing yoga at home are they in a studio are they in a gym setting i think for them it's it's a matter of what their goals are and where they and and what they want to do with their body they might want to try out a different yoga studio or do a private lesson with their favorite teacher that's what i actually did i never did a private lesson until there were certain skills that i wanted to learn more about and then I would seek out uh, my favorite teacher and ask them to, uh, if I could do a private session with them to learn more from them. And then that, those, those, actu those moments actually really amplified my practice because I was getting a lot of feedback one-on-one -on -one and then helped me kind of know where I wanted to go next. I, I wanted to talk about 
you know, your, your decision to complete a doctorate in physical therapy and to combine yoga with physical therapy. Because I, I think it's so interesting and there's so much, as you said, overlap uh, between this and, you know, the ideas of it. And what is, just so we understand, what is the program like to, to get a degree, to become, to get a doctorate in physical therapy? What, what did you have to do? I got my doctorate in physical therapy from Columbia Medical Center, and it was very rigorous, actually. I didn't realize, (laughs) I'm just going to backtrack. I got my master's from Columbia, and it was, I don't want to say it was a piece of cake, but it was, I, it wasn't that difficult. It was great. It was fun. You know, I did the work. When I started at Columbia Medical, the, the rigor was so intense. I was, I didn't know what I had gotten myself into. (laughs) I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to teach yoga at the same time. I'm going to, you know, I did not realize it was a full-time job. The program is, is superb. And I'm so grateful for my education and I wouldn't do it any other way, but I did. I tried teaching yoga at the same time, um, my first semester. And it was, it was a debacle. I learned very quickly. It was too much. Three years of school. Anatomy is your bread and butter. So, you know, you are in the dissection lab with the other medical students and you learn every single thing you can about every single joint, every muscle, every part of the body physically, especially in your first year. And then you move into neuroscience in at Columbia's program. You learn neuroscience, pediatrics, geriatrics, um, cardiopulmonary, musculoskeletal. Those are the main things. And then in your last year, you actually track. And that's unique from other schools. So I have a specialty or a specialty track in orthopedics. While other people in my class have a specialty track in neuroscience or pediatrics. So that's one thing that's unique about my program is that our hours are, are actually longer requirement than other schools. And then we have advanced training beyond like the basics of what we're expected to graduate with in your specialty track, which I'm very grateful for. And so when you're going through this training, I'm curious, and you're, you know, you're learning all this information and how much of it was, oh, like, I know this because I've been doing yoga versus now that I'm learning this, it helped explain so much more of what goes on in yoga. When I started school, I thought I knew a lot. And then I realized I knew nothing. <laughs> School, school's bad like that. <laughs> and so I think I'm always going to assume that whenever I think I know something, I actually know very little about it. I entered school thinking I, I had a, a pretty good handle on the human body and quickly realized that I was completely wrong. After that initial realization, it has helped me as a yoga teacher tremendously because I actually know what's happening. I, I know what muscles are being used. I know what's happening at the joint level. If I have a yoga student that's having difficulty with something, I can help them because I know what's actually, uh, I don't want to say I know, but I have an idea of what's happening at a different level than how I would have thought as a yoga teacher. And what's so fun actually for me, I have also realized that some of the things I was teaching when I was, before I got my doctorate was completely wrong because I was just teaching what I was taught as opposed to actually knowing what was happening with the body. And um, I've had the pleasure of being able to go back and, and re-explain things to some of my students and, and just change my, my approach. Because it, if you don't have the knowledge, you don't know. I feel so grateful that I understand so much better about how the body works and how I can integrate that knowledge into the yoga practice itself. Right. So I, I do think that there's so much, you know, because yoga, there's, you know, obviously a lot of it is physical. And understanding all the, you know, the joints and the muscles and, you know, where they are and how they work and, you know, what would cause pain and what wouldn't 
can certainly make for a more effective, maybe safe, you know, yoga practice yeah. and yoga teaching, which is amazing. But I'm also curious, you know, now that you're you're finished and you're a physical therapist and you're going to be doing physical therapy, how have you thought about the way you're going to integrate yoga into the physical therapy. So there's there's sort of natural overlap, obviously, like some of the things people do in physical therapy may look very similar to some of the things people do in yoga. But have you thought of ways you can maybe bring more of the yoga practice into physical therapy uh, in terms of, let's say, you know, recovery from injury uh, or treatment of pain or, you know, anything? It's so fun for me because this is what I always wanted, right? I, I wanted to go back to school to do this. And now I'm, now I get to actually start, which is so fun. Already I use some of the yoga shapes to stretch parts of the body that a person needs to be stretched. That's in my opinion, way better than what we learn in PT school. Um, just because of how targeted some of these things are. So already the yoga, so in terms of stretching, especially I find that the yoga poses, some of these yoga poses are much more effective than a traditional physical therapy stretch per se. And I think combining those together is really great, either being dynamic movement or more static. A, a part of yoga is called a pranayama practice. There's a plethora of different breathing practices that go back for hundreds of years. I really like to bring that breath work into the physical therapy practice because there's actually a fair amount of research, scientific literature on some of these breath practices to combine that more yogic feeling of the breath with the scientific and help somebody who's feeling anxious or having trouble sleeping at night or in a lot of pain and being able to offer them this breathing technique has been really rewarding and fun and people really appreciate it because if you can just change your breath, like lengthening an exhale per se, and it's going to calm you down or be able to work through some of the feelings that they're having in their body, that's really powerful. For me, yoga is such a lifestyle. It's such a part of my life that sometimes I forget that these things are natural to me, but not to other people. And so to be able to share that yoga, whatever part it is with people, be it mindfulness or breath or an actual physical movement, that's you know how I'm put, that's how I'm putting it together. Right. Are any of those uh, sort of realms covered in your typical physical therapy program in terms of, you know, mindfulness and, you know, healing in the mind and breathing techniques? Or is that sort of like left on the side for like, we don't grasp that, we're going to just leave it be? It's definitely touched on. And as yoga has become more mainstream, there was an elective offered in school on like Tai Chi and yoga and, and using that, especially there's certain populations that really benefit from that. I did not take that elective, right. but it's becoming more of a thing. Right. You'll probably um, teach it, I assume, at some point. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see, maybe. <laughs> I would I would enjoy probably becoming a professor one day, but that's way in the future. <laughs> more school for you. I know. <laughs> <laughs> and do you see moving forward in, in terms of your own career, is it, like separate, like I, I do yoga, you know, at a certain time and I do physical therapy in another way, or is it all going to be the same together incorporating both? How do you sort of envision your career moving forward? For me, it's going to be combined in both because that's, I think it's, it's really important. When I work with people privately now, it's already a combination of both. And it has been for quite a while or actually since I've been in school. So it will be, it'll be one full thing, mind, body, and spirit, healing the body naturally and healthfully and 
helping people find more freedom in their body and then help hopefully also giving them the skills to, or the desire or the inspiration to take some of these things and use them on their own as well for the rest of their life. Right. I mean, but mo- most people who are, you know, seeing a physical therapist, it's usually someone says, all right, you had an injury or you have a condition, you know, so e- either it's something sort of short term or it's something maybe more long term based on the circumstance, like go to the physical therapist, whereas a lot of people may be seeing you just in general, because they already practice yoga, and they're doing this. Do you have a sense of, you know, are you starting to see a lot more people who are getting sent to you specifically because of a whatever it is, an injury or some sort of condition that requires constant physical therapy? Or is it people coming to you from the yoga end? The clinic that I that I, I will be working at, they um, have a lot of people that come just for general maintenance care. It's an out-of-network clinic, and so those are the, a lot of the kind of people that come. Those types of people really appreciate some of the things I was talking about, and then others of them are coming to me from yoga, and, and, and I happen to integrate other things as well. Does that answer your question? Absolutely. This has been great. Uh, obviously, there's so much to yoga. There's, you know, this has been done for a very, very long time by many, many people, and everyone has a, a slightly different uh, take on it and angle. And I just think that your perspective of coming at it, you know, the way you started and got into it, and how much it was sort of healing, uh, both for your body and for your mind, and how you took that and are taking that and adding it to the physical therapy training to really you know, so to speak, take it to the next level for people uh, who need it for physical healing, but obviously bringing in all of that, you know, wellness and mindfulness. Uh, I just think it's awesome. And yeah, and I appreciate obviously you, you know, working with my daughter as well. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I really appreciate her too. Yeah. (laughs) Excellent. Well, well, thank you so much for coming on uh, Healthful Woman and talking to our listeners about this. Obviously, I will see you, I'm sure, like probably tomorrow or something. But uh, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, and we're going to be speaking to other uh, yogis. And I think that all of them together, it'll really be a nice array of all the, the different ways to approach yoga. And I appreciate yours. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening to the Healthful Woman podcast. To learn more about our podcast, please visit our website at www.healthfulwoman.com. That's H-E-A-L-T-H-F-U-L-W-O-M-A-N.com. If you have any questions about this podcast or any other topic you would like us to address, please feel free to email us at hw at healthfulwoman.com. Have a great day. The information discussed in Healthful Woman is intended for educational uses only. It does not replace medical care from your physician. Healthful Woman is meant to expand your knowledge of women's health and does not replace ongoing care from your regular physician or gynecologist. We encourage you to speak with your doctor about specific diagnoses and treatment options for an effective treatment plan.